Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to the Empowered Hour with Empowered Living. Um, it is I, Athena, and let's see if she comes in. We're not. <laughs> she did it. She did. I'm scared. I'm so proud of you, and I just can't. Just scared. Mm-hmm. But uh, how was your weekend, girl? My weekend was good. How about yours? Mm, it was good. Um, I did my usual. And uh, it's caught a couple of TV shows I've been wanting to watch and a recording haven't been able to watch. And I just chilled. You know, it was, it was nice to actually just do nothing, have no set schedule. Made a couple things, you know, just try to get crafty every once in a while. So it was good. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Hmm. I try to do something productive sometime in my life, even if it's doing nothing. <laughs> That's my production. <laughs> That's my production. Then, yeah. <laughs> doing nothing is my production. It is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, but anywho, so it's March first, and starts a new month. And, you know, last month was Black History Month, which I still think we should celebrate Black History 365 because we've made a lot of contributions. But, you know, I guess we can do that in our personal news feeds and our lives. So please keep the ball rolling, people. Keep Black History Month alive. But it also marks Women's History Month. So for you guys who do not know, March is Women's History Month amongst a whole bunch of other days that are mixed in there. Like, you know, today is a national plan a solo vacation day, which I think um, Renata has talked about this before on the show, that we need to have a solo trip once or twice in life, which I think I'm due to make one of those real soon. Um, and then there's some other days like, you know, eat cabbage, uh you know, that's the St. Patrick's Day, and it's totally an Irish thing. But um, one thing that March 1st stands for is National or World Compliment Day. And I know the day is partly over, but you will run into somebody, I'm sure, before the end of the night. So the, the whole basis behind this um, a young man in the 2000s from the Netherlands decided to coin March 1st as National Compliment Day. The goal is to give someone a compliment uh, in person, uh, but it can be done either by writing a letter or sending a text because, you know, we are a very text-savvy world. But people feel it more when you do it face-to-face. And when this world of COVID, we know that's kind of hard to do, but you can always Skype, Google, uh, Duo, What's some of them other apps? I don't know. Um, whatever. What is that? FaceTime, Apple people use. You know, you could do that um, and give somebody a compliment. So before the day is over with people, go find somebody and give them a compliment and, um, you know, brighten up their day. Because we all know that when somebody gives us a compliment or if we feel good about ourselves, we have a good day, we have a good week, you know, you never know what we could have stopped somebody from doing just by taking the time to give someone one little compliment. So I guess I'll start. Renata, I love how you are there for all of your friends equally 
well, I can't say equally, separately, but sort of equally. And I appreciate the time that I get um, with you that is, uh, you know, unhindered. And I get to hang out with you as my, my friend, oh, buddy, old pal. I appreciate that. I don't know how I feel about that compliment, but thank you. <laughs> well, if you know, cause it, well, for those who don't know, we're not his best friend. <laughs> One of her best friends. Always has this competition thing with me, unspoken, spoken, unspoken. That Both of them do it. Let's just, let's just be clear. Both of them do it. <laughs> no, no, no. I only feed into it because she started mm. it. I, that's true, because, you know, because she, I never even thought about, like, uh, how much time I spend with anybody, but her friend, her bestie, decided one day to say that, uh, oh, you're spending time with your main thing today, and I was like, that's not even her main thing, but I was like, okay, so then, so from that point forward, of course, I started to play into it, and be like, okay, so... You know, tell her I'm spending time with you today, and she can't call, text, or anything like that. Every once in a while, we'll group together, but for the most part, we keep it separate. So that's why that compliment came out like that. It was kind of a a slight compliment. So it wasn't a compliment. Okay, fine. I'll give you a real compliment. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole whole situation with them, and if anyone thought that we were serious, they would just be like, what is going on? And that child's life. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a playful thing, you know. It's like I one know, of those. I know. You know, hey, you stole, you stole my time with my friend. Give it back, you know. But I'm not genuinely, I'm not a friend hogger by any means. As I stated last week, I like to keep my friends circles separate at times so I don't have these problems. I don't have these problems at all. And that's exactly why I keep my friend circle separate. Because <laughs> I ain't got time for uh, group A and group B to be like, hey, you spend more time with group A. Or group C be like, I ain't seen you in a long time. What's up with you? So that's one reason why I do keep everybody. I try to keep everybody separate. So everybody has this equal time. Nobody can say you brought group A to group D or group C and now my time is, you know, a little short. So, but anywho, I'm going to give you a compliment. <clears throat> me, 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 me. I got to clear my throat to give, this, <laughs> to give this compliment. Are you clearing your throat or are you buying time? Which one is? <laughs> oh, I mean, I could give you, I could give you like three if you want me to. You don't have to. Okay, but you said I was buying time. Because I can always make up stories on the the fly. It takes me longer to say the truth. Because those who know me, like, I don't do the whole eye contact thing. And it's not because I'm not confident when I'm saying it. It's just because I was never, what is the word for? I'm not going to say I was never taught. I was never shown that you always make eye contact with people. And so... When people say, oh, when you look to the left or look to the right, you're lying. It's like, no, it's not that. It's just that sometimes people are just not taught to look people. I don't think I started looking people in the eye until I was in CLD. And then after CLD was over it and I didn't have to, um, I stopped. So that's not what I'm doing. But anyway, so, Renata, mm-hmm. I appreciate 
how you are a good leader of Empower Living, how you step up and do things when those of us are either being lazy or non-existent. You take over and you do what CEOs do. I appreciate how you can pick up where anybody has left off, that adaptiveness and multitasking gift that you have is superb, and it's just hands down amazing, and I appreciate that in you. Second compliment, I appreciate also that you are a multi-business owner, and you actually run them all successfully. It's not that you've let one go or that you've let one just disappear or given up on one. You may have put more attention into one than the other, but you still find time to be a serial entrepreneur. And lastly, I love how soft your boots are. And however, once in a while, you let me just, you know, Bounce on them. That's just such a great thing that you do. I just appreciate how you let me do that because that's amazing. Yes, I know I have boots of my own, but yours are softer than mine. So, wow. (laughs) You know, I always end with a laughter. That's just what I do. Mm -hmm. You're cool with that. That's your compliment, I'm kidding. Fine. That's totally fine. And see, that's the thing. You have to become secure enough with yourself to be okay with, you know, uh, plain old, you're cool. <laughs> Thanks. That makes sense. Because, you know, I don't, I'll take compliments well anyway, because I kind of don't know how to react to them. I've had that discussion on this show before. I just don't know how to react to compliments anyway. So, Thanks. <laughs> I'm getting better. I at least say thanks and not just look at you and roll my eyes. So I, I did that. I did that. Mm-hmm. Now, you're a good friend, um, and I've told you time and time again of that, uh, that you're a good friend. So I, I will leave it at that because that comes with a whole lot of stuff. And I know we have other topics to discuss, so I'll give you a shot. Yes. We got press. If we could, we could circle back around to it later if you feel the spirit moving. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can do that. <sighs> okay. So, Women's History Month. So, I mean, I know people always talk about famous people and people who um, influence them that are famous and whatnot, but it's not always about the famous people. You know, as we were talking about is preparing for the show, um, you even say, Renata, that you are influenced by people in your family um, and, and people you've come across. So do you mind sharing, like, a couple of people that you would like to highlight today for Women's History Month? So your question is, who are the, the women that have impacted me? Yeah, like, you know, name a few. I mean, a lot of people always say people who are famous. Like, you'll hear people say, oh, Beyonce, I love her. She's influencing me. She's like a woman in history, make, or woman making history. So, like, who are your people? Like, name name off a couple. We don't want to use them all in the first segment because, what well, we got about seven minutes till we take a break anyway. So, like, name off somebody and why. Like, I guess start off naming. We can kind of go back and forth. Like, you say one, I say one type of thing. Okay. 
Um, well, the first one would be my mother. Um, I, I was lucky that I got a mom that was a, um, was a good mom um, that um, pushed me sometimes too much. It felt like it pushed me to, to do better, um, challenged me to do better. So even, um, <laughs> so the example that comes to mind is I am not the best speller. Um, and so when I was younger, my mom would do stuff like, when I say, well, how do you spell this word? She's looking up in the dictionary. And my response was always, I don't know how to spell it. How can I look it up in the dictionary? And she would be like, sound it out. Or she'd give me the first letter and I'd have to go to the dictionary and find the word and spell it. You know, back, this is, you know, this is before we had auto, the, the spell check and all that stuff. So like, we was legit just looking words up. <laughs> Dictionary. Whoever invented or, that. Amen, amen. Um, or I, anyone who knows me knows that I am a very curious person. Um, so I often talk about how I was able to figure out how to monetize my curiousness or nosiness, however you want to word it. Um, and so I asked a lot of questions. And so my mom would do things like, she bought me a set of encyclopedias. I had some Charlie Brown encyclopedias um, growing up because I had a lot of questions. And I wasn't that kid that if I ask you a question, you can give me, like, some kind of, you know, simple answer. Like, I wanted, like, a, a legit answer. Like, um, my mom never did that. Babies custom sports. We didn't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, it was, no, this is how they, you know, this is where they come from and stuff like that. So my mom was really good at, she sheltered me, but she didn't shelter me. Um, but like I looked, my mom did have conversations with me about sex. It wasn't super thorough, but, you know, we did have those conversations and um, was pushed and encouraged to do a lot of stuff. Um, she, <laughs> she did a really good job at, like, kind of supporting all of my many hobbies. I've had so many hobbies throughout the years. Um, and my mom was supported. There's probably legit, like, maybe less than 10 things, I wouldn't even say 10, that my mom just didn't let me do for whatever reason. So she, you know, every time I did something, she was there. If not, she sent a representative, um, which is rare that she sent a representative. So, I, I mean, I, I'm very blessed and lucked out that I got someone that was very supportive, um, challenged me to be better, um, and when I'm wrong, she's good at calling me out on it. <laughs> but and even though sometimes it's difficult, but I know she does it because my mom was very big on, we're, all of us are spoiled. Me and my, my siblings were spoiled. But my mom was very big on, I don't want y'all to be spoiled, Brett, and I don't want y'all to not be able to handle the word no. So I'm not going to give you everything that you want in life because the world's not going to do that for you. Um, I don't know. She she gave me that tough love when I needed it because I know I can be a handful. So those are a few of the reasons why my mom was so influential. You a handful? I just can't. I just cannot fathom you being a handful. I just don't. I, I just cannot fathom the word handful associated with Renata. That's just, wow, that's just amazing. So is it time for a commercial break? (laughs) 
yes. I mean, I guess we could take an early commercial break. Right. <laughs> I just, I just really can't. You know, I'm just kidding. You know, we're not. You are not a handful to me. I'm used to you right now. So, <laughs> um, I guess I could throw in mine real quick because we've got about two minutes and some change before we take a break. So for me, uh, my person. And it it became more evident the older I got because when I was younger, um, anybody who knows me for real for real knows that my grandmother was my mama because um, that's where I was 99.9% of the time. So whenever I did anything, like Nana was either there or she was participating in some kind of way, even though physically she couldn't go. She always wanted a play-by-play. She always wanted to see a video. She always wanted to hear, like, if there was any kind of recording. She always wanted to, to hear that. Um, but when, she, when I was younger, she definitely showed up to, to my, my things, um, you know, even when I was in <laughs> the first time I ever had to take an ambulance ride. She was the – her and her daddy were both there. They they, they beat the ambulance, I think, almost to the hospital. Not quite, but they, they, they dang near did, even in their older age. She came um, to get me after I had a fight with a, a bee, and I lost. And uh, they they were the first faces when I could kind of open my eyeballs. I saw, so, uh, but my grandmother was definitely um, uh, uh, a handful, <laughs> a very feisty handful, but she was always that person who gave to me, you know, something. Like even when I started my cycle for the first time, she had that wonderful book. I cannot remember the name of it, but I think a lot of us children who are female know this book that is handed to us explaining why we have enough period. And um, she, you know, commanded that if I ever needed some money for School stuff, you know, she would take the little bit she didn't have and give to me, even if it meant her not having something that she wanted. So um, I think that mentality has kind of translated into my life to this day and has um, made me that type of person because I will literally give people stuff um, they may not know that it's my last thing or that it means something to me, but I'm willing to part ways with it because. They liked it. So um, definitely my grandmother was similar to your mother. She definitely had encyclopedias around the house, and mm-hmm. ours were probably the first edition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were, um, what color were they? It was like a beige color with the gold writing, but it had like a burgundy strip where um, – you could find out what name, you know, what what level, like what letters this was, what information you could find. We had a whole thing of uh, dictionaries. Like it was, they were old, but they still did the job, you know, because she would definitely be like, go look it up. Where's the book? Go look it up. So, and this, of course, was housed in the room I stayed in. So I had no choice but to go on that bookshelf and go get that book and look it up because there was no Google we didn't, we didn't even have dial-up hardly back then, so um, there was no good looking this stuff up. We had to literally figure this stuff out. So um, 
yeah, so I definitely say Miss Dolores Lucille was um, a very big influence. And like I said, I've learned more now later in life how she was more of an influence than I did appreciate back when I was younger. Because, you know, when we're younger, we don't, all the stuff our parents, grandparents do, we'd be like, this person here. But then when you get older and realize, okay, they sacrificed, they gave us, they um, paved the way for, um, then we begin to appreciate them as people. Because often we don't appreciate our parents when we're growing up because they're always telling us no or making us work for it. And then we, you know, have a little rebellion stage. So, um, yeah, so on that note, it is time to say that commercial break. So um, we will be back continuing this discussion on women uh, basically in history or who are making history in our, and in, in, in we want to acknowledge and appreciate them. So stay tuned for our discussion. Join the JQLM Radio family today. Syndicate your show or come host and produce your own show on air, live, or pre-recorded from anywhere in the world. That's not all. JQLM Radio also distributes your episodes to all major podcast platforms like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Come join this full service and support platform. Get help with sponsorships, Built from our current listeners from all over the world in 45 countries and growing. Gain access to promotional materials and let JQLM Radio promote you too. And be a part of our live media coverage team that covers events and hosts red carpet activities with celebrities and more. For more information or to join now, visit www.egoentertainmentnet.com or email us at jqlmradio at gmail.com. JQLM Radio, real voices, raw entertainment, and relevant topics. Track, Funk by Arulo. So we are back from commercial break. So now I get to pass the ball to Renata. Who's someone else who influences you, Renata? Who you want to speak on? Like, what woman gave Renata her. <laughs> it was a village that gave me. <laughs> uh, um, I guess we got we can talk about everybody. Go on, girl, talk about them all. Um, I would say the second person would be uh, <laughs> me and my siblings kind of joke and say one of my aunts, kind of like our dad. Um, but she was kind of my mom worked weekends, so. Um, during the weekends, this was the person that, um, one of the people that would take care of us. So, um, our grandma, my mom, pretty much my, my grandmother's branch of our family tree. That's who all were very pivotal in raising us. Um, so I would say the women, those women were very pivotal, um, whether it's, you know, just kind of stepping up and helping out because that's, they didn't have to do that. They, you know, they were not obligated to you know, to give up their weekends to take care of someone else's child. And granted, we were a little bit older, but still, that's a big sacrifice. Um, they're there when we need them. Um, like if I were to call any of them right now, they would do whatever they could to help me. Um, again, all of them challenged me, gave me that tough love when I needed it. Um, 
you know, kind of took away some um, misconceptions that I may have had about, like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, you know, even when my ideals <laughs> are a little, like, what are you talking about? They may ask, what are you talking about? But they still encourage it. Uh, and, like, supportive, like, I was in Girl Scouts from fifth grade until I graduated from high school. Um, and when I tell you I was always one of the top sellers in my troop, it was because my family was like, they was not playing games, like, buying cases of cookies, and all of them worked at big companies, so all of them would take a cookie sheets to work, and um, what do we got to do to make sure that she's one of the top sellers? When I was in the cotillion, my family, like, basically organized a um, a trip. This was back in the day when, like, people would take bus trips to casinos and stuff, so, like, the women in my family, they... They, I, I had to plan it because it was obviously my thing, but they kind of helped organize it and went on the trip and bought all the seats on the bus. Like, they was not, they was, I, I can't complain about the level of support, um, which I think definitely influences why I try to be as supportive as I can to others because that was just modeled for me, um, that you're supportive and you do what you got to do for the people that you care about and even those that you don't know. Um, laying that, Christian foundation in me, um, you know, like several others who talk about being drugged to church. I, mean, I, I won't say we didn't really want to go. It just became a habit. Like we just knew, okay, this is where we got to go. We're going to Sunday school, going to church, um, <laughs> making sure that, you know, we, we had a lot of positive influences and that we were exposed to other things so that we didn't just think all that life was was Indianapolis or our little street. Um, so just being exposed to museums and going, I did dance in middle school. So like going to the Nutcracker and various ballets and just all those different things. So just very supportive. Um, so I would, I would just group together my branch, my grandmother's branch. Okay. I would, uh. I mean, I could almost say my grandmother's branch, but uh, they intertwine with my grandfather's branch so much. So I would say one of my favorite people was always Aunt Lois. And even though I call her Aunt Lois, she was technically Cousin Lois, but, you know, that's just how they introduced me to her, and so that's how it went. (laughs) So um, she was the mother... She was my grandmother's cousin. I can't remember how many times they on like their third cousins or something like that. But they were cousins. But we, when we were growing up, she always took me to church with her. And I went to Sunday school, and she went to this church that believed in staying in church from sun up to sundown. Um, that's why I can't do that now. Um, I, I, well, I'm gonna say I can't. I, I would rather not. Let's say that I'd rather not um, stay at church all day, um, but always like made Sunday dinners and her hot water cornbread to this day is the talk of the family and everybody's mad because nobody got her recipe because every week we, we all have tried. Like I can make my grandmother's because my grandmother stays on me to tell me how to make it the way she makes it, but it was something about Aunt Lois's. 
how I had cornbread. That was different. I don't know if she put way too much sugar in it. I don't know. But nobody can duplicate it. And that's, like, the one thing that everybody's like, man, we can't get it right. And nobody has ever found the recipe. Nobody ever has been able to make it like her. Even her own husband said he couldn't even do it. I mean, but I don't think he was ever in the kitchen when she made it. But it's something she did. And I don't know if it was just the extra love or, or what, because, you know, people always say you can translate love through food and, and it makes it taste better. But I kid you not, man, <laughs> that hot water cornbread put anybody's to shame. It would have won every competition. I'm sorry. If, if your people make uh, hot water cornbread, I'm, I'm pretty sure Lois has had everybody's beat. <laughs> but it was just. And it's probably the cast iron skillet she used because she used the same cast iron skillet. So, you know, it could have been that. But um, but she was definitely somebody who influenced me. And she made me, she was one of the first people who made me realize that um, people with disabilities deserve to be treated equally, if not better. Uh, she trained me <laughs> because she had a, uh, quadru- well, is it quadriplegic when they can- well her her daughter had um, cerebral palsy where she could not walk so she was literally um, laying on her stomach her ninety percent of her life there was a period of time of her life she was sitting up and she was walking at one point but then by the time I met her she was not so she always had me and Lois always had me take her food and um, and I would sit and talk to um, Linda all the time and you know Linda would make me little crafts and things because that's all she could do is literally lay on her stomach and make crafts and she would craft things like she crocheted you know she needed knitted and I began to appreciate because, you know, so many people treat people with disabilities so wrong. And mm-hmm. because I was thrown into helping to take care of her in in a small way by taking her food or picking her food tray up or helping clean her off when she was, um, when she got food on her or, you know, when other people weren't as nice. I know one time Linda had told me that she was thankful that I was nice to her, Um and because all of us kids, you know, we didn't know um, teasing someone would hurt their feelings. Um, but I was one of the ones who did not. And so for her, we had a different bond. And Aunt Lois was the spearhead behind that because she always had me doing that, uh, going upstairs and helping her. Or, or you know, she needed uh, a diaper change, I would tell them. I got my first dose of helping to take care of somebody um, at a very young age. So um, I think that's probably how it translated into me being such a caregiver because that's all I've ever done. So um, it just kind of came naturally to me to be a caregiver or that extra um for somebody. So I definitely would say Aunt Lois and, and Linda were two who influenced a lot of my life. That Again, the older I got, the more I appreciating, of course, they both have been gone for a long time. Um, I think, and Lois died in 2001, and I think Linda probably, no, I think she was, and Lois was like 2002, somewhere in there, 2001, 2002, and then Linda was probably about four years later. Um, So it was like having those people in your life, you never really understand. I mean, yes, they don't make national history, but they've made history or influence 
my life in different ways that I didn't realize until I sat back and was like, dang, that really did affect me or that really did help me. So, um, yeah, like, that was in those two, the combo. I mean, of course, it's my auntie, but, you know, I could save her for later, but, you know, um, but definitely those two were some big influences in my life. Okay. I guess I need to think. Okay, so then the next person, out person, um, I was definitely saying with my Girl Scout leaders. Um, so again, like I said, I was in Girl Scouts for a long time. Um, got a scholarship and all that good stuff. Uh, have a few accolades in the Girl Scout world, just a few. Uh, but I had, um, <laughs> I didn't realize how big of a deal my troop leader, one of my troop leaders was. Uh, She's pretty well known in the Girl Scout community, especially in Indiana. Um, I'm sure in other states too. Um, but just it it was an expectation of us to do certain things because of who she was. Um, and she was a teacher by trade. So um, actually, I believe she was my mom's teacher, actually, or one of my family members' teachers. But um, I don't even remember how I ended up in Girl Scouts, to be honest with you. Um, but just very much expected certain things. Um, we got to do some amazing stuff, got to be exposed again to different experiences. My first time being on a plane was uh, with her because um, we were talking about, uh, you know, Julia Gordon-Lowe and where she was from. So we, the older girls, we planned a trip to go to Savannah, Georgia to go check it out. So, like, we would get to do things like that. So, um, again, I guess the people who I would say influenced me the most would be people who exposed me to things, challenged me to be better, and then put limitations on what I could and could not do. Um, when I said that I wanted to try something or do something, them doing what they could to assist in any way to help me be better and helping me recognize that um, just because I was this little black girl that um, – you know, that wasn't a thing. Just because I was a little black girl, that could have easily been a statistic based on what, you know, societal standards say. Um, I didn't feel that way because of what they were pointing to me. And so um, because I saw that, that selflessness and a lot of these people making, these women making these sacrifices that didn't have to, they didn't have to do the things that they did at the level that they did it especially, but they did it anyway because of the type of people that they were and their desire for people to be better. Um, so I can't help but – that couldn't have helped but influence me because of that. Because if I did not have that village, um, I, don't, I don't know what I would be, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm very blessed that God put these strategic people in my life and as councils of people that were in my village that um, would do stuff. The lady that was across the street from my family – my family, a lot of us grew up on the same street, like literally same block. Um, and just some of those neighbors and how they poured into us. And, like, um, you know, I want to – we want to give you this because you did that. Or uh, one of the toughest lessons that I learned was from the, one of them anyway, was from one of the neighbors across the street because I asked her to – I procrastinate. And I asked her at the last minute to write a letter of recommendation, and she refused to do it. And for her it was – 
and out of you. That's not fair to expect people to do drop what they're doing to accommodate you. And she was like, and I have the time to do it. I'm just choosing not to because you need to learn. So lesson learned, especially with her. Now, sometimes I do mess up and ask people last minute, not going to lie. But that was definitely a hard lesson, and I didn't like it, but I needed people that could do things like that for me because that, you know, that put into me to help me be a better version of Renata. So your turn, Athena. Girl, you know, that, that lesson thing. <laughs> <laughs> the hard, what do they say, hard head makes us off behind, but we definitely mm-hmm. learn uh, what not to do and what to do, and and, and every lesson is a blessing, I say, um, because boy, oh boy, I've learned a few. Have mercy. Um, <laughs> so um, let's see. Next person I could highlight is one of my favorite people. Uh, she is gone on the glory. And it's so sad because all of my people who I realized that they influenced me are now gone. And it's sad because I don't know. I think the only person who knows, um, who knew by the time they passed that I appreciated them so much was my grandmother. But I don't know if the other ones knew that they um, – that I appreciated them or loved them for their things that they did. And that's why I always stress to people, give your people flowers while they can smell them. And um, we definitely did that with my grandmother um, for her 90th birthday. And that was why, that was one of the things that I spearheaded. I was like, we got to give her her flowers. And during her birthday, you know, everybody gave her rose and told them, told her, you know, how much she meant to them. It was a very tearful situation, but it was very helpful for her because I think she had gone so much of her life not thinking that people appreciated or loved her the way that we did, and it was very eye-opening. So for no, no other reason, I tell people, make sure you give compliments. You tell people you love them. Tell them how they've influenced your life before. Do it every day if you can because you never know when somebody's time is up on this earth, and you want them to at least know how much they affected your life in a positive way. And to say all that to say, um, my Aunt Sharon was the one of the greatest people I know. She didn't have a lot of formal education, but she had life education to the science. And she dropped all that knowledge to me several times a day. And she was my babysitter. For me, when I was a baby, she was everybody's babysitter. Because she did not have children of her own, she loved children, and she loved um, being around them. She just loved, just loved, loved, loved kids. And she would hate to see any child having to go without And let me tell you, she didn't have... um, a lot. Um, she ended up being on disability at a very early age because she did not have um, cartilage, and so her in her knees, so both knees, and so every time she walked, it was like bone rubbing bone constantly. And because she didn't drive, she always rode the bus or took a bootleg cab. For those of us who know what bootleg cabs or AKA Ubers today. Um, <laughs> so, um, but she would always work, and she was so disheartened when she couldn't work because that was her joy. You know, she loved working, and surprisingly, she actually liked working in hotel chains 
and she taught me how to fold, you know, uh, do my sheets, do the hotel tuck. She taught me all that. Um, but she also gave me life lessons and how not to call everybody a friend. Um, she taught, taught me that saying, because if you ever hear me say people are my acquaintance, it's because legit she's the one who ingrained that in my head. Not everybody gets the right to be your friend. Not everybody gets the right to be called your friend. Um, that's a privilege. And she ingrained that into my mind. And she um, was Michaela's best friend because that's who watched her for the first two years of her life before she went to daycare. And then even after she went to daycare, after school, that was her girl. You know, those, and she was such an influence for every child that she was around that, you know, people still reflect on. The ones who she watched still reflect on how great, how caring, how loving she was. And she gave the best scalp massages because, hands down, I ain't had a scalp massage like that since, because she would let you sit down on the floor while she's dropping this knowledge, and she would grease your scalp, and, huh, T, let me tell you, because she had them nails that kind of hooked a little bit, huh, T, that scalp massage gave me life. <laughs> Just saying. It influenced the heck out of my day. It made me feel wonderful. So, um, but she was definitely my, one of my biggest influencers. She's the first person besides my daughter's father who knew I was pregnant. She actually knew I was pregnant before. Actually, she knew I was pregnant before I went to the hospital and got it confirmed. And she just told me, you know, if you are confirmed pregnant, I got got you. I'm going to, you know, help you take care of that baby, and and we're going to get through it. She will never know, you know, sad days. You know, she was real adamant about that. And she made sure for the 11 years she was in Michaela's life, that she was a happy child, and not by giving her things, but actually by giving her love and attention and spending time with her. You know, she would literally make it a fun day for Michaela to go to the to the doctor with her, even though I drove them. You know, she would turn a doctor's visit into a special day. And Michaela even talks about that to this day, how taking her to the hospital for her doctor's appointment was actually not a bad thing. You know, she enjoyed pushing her around in the wheelchair. She enjoyed being with her in the hospital room um, whenever, you know, um, whenever she had to go. And, you know, she enjoyed that because it was time with her. It was time with her loved one. So um, for that, I definitely say my auntie was, um, like I said, she didn't make history to anybody else. She made history to me. And, yeah, she had her pitfalls. We all have them. Um, as some people in my family like to point out, she did not have um, – she was not 100% uh, mentally stable. But you never would know that from talking to her because she took care of herself to the point where that part didn't show. And a lot of people didn't know that about her, um, that she was struggling with mental health challenges. And, of course, back in the day, mental health challenges were not as um, talked about as they are now. But, and for that, I, you know, she's like my shero because she literally, she, she defeated the odds in some way because even though she had mental health challenges, she didn't let it stop her. She literally did what she wanted to do. She, she left her mark 
on if nobody else's life, mine and Michaela's life, hands down. And, of course, her mother's life, hands down. So for that, yes, she is definitely one of my sheroes, for real, for real. But on that note, I know we had to take a commercial break to finish up the last part of our show. So we will be right back with more of the Empowered Hour with Empowered Living In. Ego Entertainment is sponsored in part by... When I hit my 40s, I had hot flashes, I couldn't sleep, and I was irritable all the time. A blood test showed my hormones were out of balance. After taking weekly hormone shots for years, I finally discovered BioT Medical. And guess what? I'm calmer, I'm less irritable, and most importantly, I'm happier. Contact Modern Rejuvenation Center today. All right, so we are back. Um, talking about, you know, women who influence us and or um, since this is women history month and and we don't always have to talk about people in the history books who who have made history in our lives you know so a lot of times it's just our family members our people who we come in contact with our teachers our girl scout leaders and i think it's important that we highlight those people because a lot of times they don't get the recognition. They don't even know that they've influenced you. So, again, if you did not hear me say this before, hear me now. Please give flowers to those people around you while they can smell them, while they can hear the joy in your heart because the next minute is not promised. And trust me, I have learned that way too often in my life how one minute you're here and the next minute you're not. And literally, the two of the people that I mentioned, I've been there when they transitioned. And literally the day, uh, you know, earlier, 10 minutes before that, they were decent. Um, or in my grandmother's case, it was days before. She was just talking to me. She was just telling me she loved me. So just make sure that you guys are literally telling people as often as you can that, you know, they influenced you, they helped you, they gave you that spark that is you. So um, I know we, I mean, and definitely don't intend for the show to be heavy, but I definitely want to people to take time and think about that and, and contact people and let them know because compliments are the best form of flattery. You know, they're, they're great. They're awesome. So. And I'll give it back to you now because I feel like I've been talking too much for the last <laughs> Okay. Well, I will, I guess my last, my last group, because I think it's easier for me just to group people versus listen to everybody because this will be a super, super long show if that were the case. Um, I would say that uh, the women that are in my circle now, um, so just to recap, my mom was the first person, and then the village that helped raise me, um, and I guess the village that's helping me maintain, I guess is how I will identify that group. Um, and so that includes, like, my friends that are in my intimate circle, um, business mentors that the ones that I have, all of them are female. That just kind of happened. Um, yeah, professors that uh, kind of poured into me. So again, for me, it's I'm really big on pouring into people and, and people pouring into me. Um, and it doesn't always have to be reciprocated because I recognize that there are times that you're, I think there are people that are placed in your life that the whole purpose is for you to pour into them and they may not pour back into you, which is fine, but that's just your way of giving back. 
So I can think of all the the countless professors and um, supervisors that I've had that kind of shaped me into being the the therapist that I am. Um, that one that comes to mind was my first supervisor when I first started doing counseling, which happened to be the clinical director. So a lot of pressure, but um, her the biggest gift that she gave me was to help me focus on my natural ability, which was something that I often struggled with. Um, as a therapist, I've gone back and forth. Well, am I really a good therapist or what have you? But she's someone that really helped with that. And every supervisor that I had um, with at CTS is what I'm specifically talking about. All of them kind of played a role in that also because um, there were certain ones that I just kind of connected with, and they all helped shape how I look at therapy and, and things of that nature. Um, I'm very blessed that I have I think most of my friends, at least the ones in my intimate circle, we've we've all been friends for almost 20 years, if not more. Uh, that's not true. Most of my friends, I have been friends to my closest core group. It's at least, um, let's see, when did I graduate from Ball State? <laughs> trying to do the math in my head. So it's at least been 15, 15 years. Um, so I'm very blessed that I can say that I do have a nice group of friends, um, and and I don't have to worry about oh they can't hang out with them. Like all of us get along pretty well. Um, I think all of us are really good at challenging each other to be better, calling each other out on our stuff. Um, all of us have a, a good Christian foundation, so I can. These are my friends that I can party with and go to church with. <laughs> you know, I can go, I can do whatever with, like, they're, they're my, my multifunctional friends. So it's, um, I do have my core group, and most of the people know who my core group is. Um, my quarantine group is one of them has coined them. Um, the people that I just, we just, we just click. And all of them, I feel like we've all met in unique situations. Although my high school friends, I can't really remember how I met some of them. Like, I really don't remember how I met Athena at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, neither. I really don't remember. I, yeah, I feel like we probably met in uh, student government, AP, not APO. What was the name of the group? Um, ASB. Or, thank oh. you, ASB. Um, APO is a different group. I am a part of it, but different group. Uh, I think that's how we met. And even with the theater and our relationship, when I kind of think, when I reflect on it, because she is definitely someone that would say influence me, um, and probably the only name that I'll say on the show, <laughs> um, Wait, who was that you say? <laughs> uh, you you heard what I said. You only, I'm only giving you one. <laughs> um, I would say she is probably the friend that like me and Athena for years probably only hung out once we graduate graduated. I feel like we only hung out like maybe twice a year because when I went to college, I went I left the city. Not that I was far as in Muncie. Um, but I feel like we went to Black Expo together every year. And, and I remember, like, there was one year I, I she had to drop me off because they was going to the club and I wasn't 21. And I was so sad about it. <laughs> Where are you? I couldn't go to the club. I was because I couldn't go to the club. I wanted to go to the club with y'all and I couldn't go because I wasn't old enough. Because with my friend group, 
I'm in a unique spot because I'm like in the middle. So I have friends that all turned 21 before me, and then I have friends that turned 21 after me. <laughs> so when I was 21, it was kind of like, I think by the time I turned 21, Athena and um, I feel like y'all really had, y'all was still clubbing, but not really. Um, and the friends that I, at college, they were younger than me, the ones that I hung out with the most. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it, I think I was, yeah. I might have been over clubbing by the time you was 21 because I've been 21 for a whole year. <laughs> I had probably burnt my liver out yeah. that whole person. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even just the drinking part. I just think, yeah, we just – but, that, like, Athena was just a friend that I don't, I don't feel like we hung out a lot. And I don't even know how we got close, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm like a trash friend right now. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my friend. <laughs> but it's legit. It's okay because I don't know how I became friends with a lot of people. And they'll remind me, like, you know, um, I, yeah, because I, I, I had this discussion with Mel Bell, um, because we was like, we know we met uh, sophomore year. We know that. We know we met in ASB. But how we became friends, have no clue. And how we've become so close now that we're like sisters attached to the hips, I have no idea. Um, only person I could probably remember how we became cool is uh, initials SW because, you know, she and I are, are bonded by one person and one person. You know, and so since that, I, I know how that happened. <laughs> it's kind of like, but it, I, it's the only person I really know. It has to have been ASB. And the only reason why I say that is because when I think about everybody that was in that group with us, all of us are pretty close. Like, just think about everybody that was in that group. And we're, we're not going to go down the list because, you know. Um, but I feel like all of us were pretty close. Um, so I don't know if just that foundation just got laid from doing student government together and because I still talk to majority of those people even if it's not as often but yeah so I don't know somehow Athena and I got super close I feel like we started getting closer when I started going through my divorce like when my marriage was kind of going downhill is when we started to get closer I don't know but regardless (laughs) I guess that doesn't that point doesn't really matter but um but then there's one of the people, obviously, in my my intimate circle. Um, we do a lot together. We spend a lot of time together, which is, I'm glad we like each other. And we don't always oh. get along. I will say that. We don't always, sometimes we get on each other's nerves. But I think that's the beauty of having true friendships is you can get on each other's nerves and still make it work. Which um, <laughs> to be expected. Oh. Um, so, I, yeah, I would definitely say just my, my intimate circle and my, my current village, because all of them, again, have those same traits of the people that I want around me are people that I feel like pour into others, don't mind giving, don't mind helping, um, enjoy, want to enjoy life, have goals. Um, like, there's nothing wrong with being content in where you are. I think that's important. But I think it's also important to strive for more. So I like to put people in my life that I'm like, okay. You stepping out and you trying something that I might not have wanted to try or was scared to try, but you you're showing me, oh, okay, it's okay to do that. Um, and even when I, I would say in our group, I'm probably one of the ones that are 
when I send out a text about, hey, I have an idea, I'm the one that gets the, here we go, or I don't know, mm, I got to think about it. So I am that one in the group. But I still feel like for the most part, they encourage. Athena, for the most part, will try anything I ask, for the most part. Um, but, I, but I appreciate yeah, people like that. I got anything, so um, yeah, I don't know about that yet. But it's okay, because I got somebody else. I got a few other people in the group that are willing to go skydiving with me. I will definitely go support you. On, on the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh, so we got, what, about two minutes left in the show. So, um, yeah. I well, I would, you know what, and instead of going deeper to anybody, I would just say this. I want to give a shout-out to Ms. Penner. Those who are Northwest uh, graduates know who she is. She was the spearhead behind ASB and a few other mm-hmm. after-school auxiliary situations. So she was definitely an influence and still an influence in my life. I still chat with her every once in a while. And um, before COVID, we were supposed to go have lunch. But she is definitely a uh, a boss woman, and, and I appreciate her. And she's still alive. So, and I try to tell her, you know, not often, but I do try to tell her that she was definitely an influence. Uh, she beat the crap out of me when I did not turn in my homework, but that was, you know, I needed it. You know, I needed that push because Spanish wasn't that easy. <laughs> I did not enjoy Spanish, but I wish I would have paid so much more attention in her class now um, or retained it so I could be uh, making a little extra coins because I'm bilingual. But, um I definitely appreciate her for that and bringing all of us together. So I would definitely say shout out. You know, I don't mind name dropping because I want anybody who runs in this pinning be like, hey, you was you was the bomb. Make sure y'all tell her, you know, and she still is, still still is to this day the bomb. So um, on that note, since we got to wrap the show up, uh, please stay tuned to our website, join our newsletter, uh, group, go to www.empoweredlivinginc.net. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter because we do have some things getting ready to drop. We are almost done with this book, so I need you guys to keep oh, like about $500 on the side for us when it, when it comes out because uh, it is going to be very life-changing for you um, because we're putting our heart and soul into this. So we need y'all to um, support, support, support. So uh, anything I'm leaving out, I don't think so. But, uh, but yeah, y'all have a wonderful, blessed week. And make sure you give your flowers and your compliments while people can hear them and smell them. So, yeah, have a great week. Have a great week.